Great job. Yeah, they did a wonderful job. I always love it when they get up here and they say, oh, I never knew it was this guy. I thought, <laughs> nothing like that as a pastor. Yeah, yeah, it's a different story when you're up here. I think really everybody should uh, be a pastor one time in their life, not just to speak, but also to the people that are around them, to be able to actually prepare a message. Some husbands are going, my wife is a preacher every week to me. Amen. Come on. Well, yeah, all that. This morning, I want to preach a message. And let me tell you, God has placed some things in my heart. Not to say anything, just, but at three o'clock this morning, I was up. Have you ever been so excited that you went, think the lights came on in your brain and it just wouldn't shut off? And God said, "I, I got an appointment with you. Over, over here, over here, and, and I'm in the kitchen, I'm not in the bed, so get up, and so I got up and went into the kitchen, and, and just again, some of the things that he had already placed on my heart, it just kind of added to, so this morning I want to share that with you, and, and again, I, I want you to know that Gwen and I are so grateful, we were able to go on a, a, a trip, a journey, and I'm going to kind of parallel that this morning, but a, a journey, and it's the longest vacation that we've ever gone on, and it was more than that, but you know, this morning I, I want to talk about taking a journey, and I, I want to use this suitcase kind of as an icon to kind of remind us that we're on a life's journey, that we know that, don't we? That we wake up in the morning and we do the things that we have to do. And at the end of the night, we return to probably the same place that we started and, and we begin the day over the next day. All through our life. You know, Gwen and I, 18 days on a trip, it was just, let me tell you, the word is fabulous. It was fabulous. The church helped us and really paid for about a third of the trip. The other two thirds were, were just supernaturally brought in. Uh, and what I, what I mean by that, I didn't use any of my income to go on this trip. So, so it was just amazing how God provided us to be able to do this. And, and you know, I, I saw some observations, and, and because I am a, a speaker and a pastor and a preacher and a minister, that I, I started kind of looking at things and, and noticing that the difference in going on a trip versus just your daily routine around the house or job or so, so to speak, just the normality of life. And, you know, taking that kind of trip takes a lot of preparation. Can, can you imagine packing for 18 days? And, and I'll kind of be honest with you that I, I was more of the prima donna than Gwen. I, I, I had to pack everything just because, you know, I knew that by about halfway we were going to get on a ship, a cruise ship, and we're going to, that's right, cruise all the way around Italy. And, and I knew at night, they had formal nights, and I wasn't going to show up in some t-shirt. So I had to have some suit coats and some, you know, nice looking clothes. So, you know, not knowing the, the kind of the, the way of traveling, you know, like probably the Blairs, they, they've traveled a lot, but the, the Millers, I, I show up with a suitcase about like this, and Gwen does too, and, and we have our carry-ons, but I also have a hanging bag, right? It's got all these suit coats and shirts and stuff. Freshly pressed that looked like somebody stepped on them and kicked them, you know, when they got there. Anyway, and I get, Luke drops us off Sunday at the airport. And just learning, you know, things of, of going on a trip, a journey that, that's not normal. It's, when I go through all the, the, the times of unloading and we went all the way and, and we found out and got our tickets and 
the bad news is you're about five miles away from where you should be in the airport. So we get on this train, and we go all the way to the other side of DFW, and we missed it. And we went all the way back to this side, and all the way back, and we got at that time, and we got all, just because it, it's a new journey. There, there's problems in doing something different than what you've always done. And, and, and finally, we got off, and we got up, and we're, we're, we're ready to get in and check our baggage in, and American Airlines says, you only get one bag, so there's two of you. You only get two bags free. Well, that's okay. I, I want to I take this bag too. It only cost me over the whole course of the trip $300 to take an extra bag. See, sometimes you, you go on a trip and, and a journey and you don't realize there's going to be obstacles that you never saw. You say, hey, that's not fair. And if Luke would have still just been outside, I, I would have probably taken it and put it back in the vehicle. He's long gone. See ya. <laughs> Mom and dad are gone. Party, you know. Is there an usher that could, uh, anyway. So, so there's all these things in traveling and, and, and packing and making sure you have the right things. And, and that's like life. There's just a lot of stuff in life. Have you ever gone on a, a journey like that? And, and, and one other thing that is just not normal is the fact that you go through all those metal detectors. Anybody? Anybody? And, and there's something about, I have, I have no machine guns or machetes on me, but I, I'm fearful that someone put it on me and I don't know. And as I'm, as I'm in the airport, and, and you know, those officers, they, they never smile. And they kind of got this, well, I'm taking you down. I, I didn't do anything. And I remember as Gwen and I, you know, that we're, there's, there's something about going through there and not setting it off. Yes, it's like you just won the lottery. But I mean, they're taking off, you got to take off your belt and come on, your shoes. I'm just not a shoe person that I don't take all my shoes. If, if you're into Japanese, you know, and, and you come into your house and I got to take all my shoes, I'd probably say, at least just made it at a restaurant. <laughs> but when that officer's looking at you, take off your shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, take all my shoes. Put it in the little box and you see them going through the metal dicker. Journey, different things. Not comfortable, but hey, that's part of the journey. All to get you to the destination. The, the person that I was with was Gwen, my wife. I'll, I'll tell you this, that one time we went through a metal detector and they looked at her and went, over there. Now, I love my wife, but I was like, I don't know her. I don't know her. <laughs> and, and she went over there and they, you know, frisk her and, you know, they did everything. And I'm like, hope you make it because I'm going to Europe. <laughs> Journey. Again, all this stuff, all this process that goes on in a trip like that, that is out of our normal life. And, and we knew that there was going to be, you know, things that would be different. And, and so this morning, I, I want you to see this. I want to parallel the journey with, with our life's journey. So this morning, right off the bat, here's what I want you to begin to process and allow the Holy Spirit through this message to begin speaking to your life. What are you believing God for? The, the, the thing that you're believing God for. Now, 
Now listen to this. I, I believe, and as I was thinking about this, the older that we get, this is something of a forgotten necessity on the journey of life. A believing God for something big in our life. See, when we're young and we're raising our children, and sometimes it's, it's a little different, not always, but when we're younger, sometimes we, we begin to, oh God, I just hope we have children. And then you have children and you go, I hope they can graduate from first grade. And then they graduate, you know, can they make it through school? And then when they make it through school, I hope they do this and I hope they do that and I hope they're okay. And, and, and then you're believing for your promotion at work in a, maybe a larger house. God, I believe that you can provide. I, I believe you have the goodness. I believe I have confidence in your faithfulness, as we sang about this morning. Yesterday, going and I went to a wedding and it's way down in south of Cleburne and we show up and the young couple it's outside and it's a hundred degrees and you know it's it's there, there's the wind blowing and all the chairs are kind of rocking and and I just laugh because that that young couple they're just well I'm married here they don't, they don't have a problem they just, let's get married change is a coming they're going to realize they're believing God for things in their marriage but again, this morning, can, can I just state the things that if, if you're to the point where you say, well, you know, I, I've been believing God to give me something to believe for. Can I give you, first of all, just some things that we don't have to pray about? This, this is the Word of God. We, we're, we know that we're believing for our own salvation. If you are here and you have not totally committed to God, let me tell you, that is an act of faith that you have to believe God for. That He is not only your Savior, going to keep you out of hell, but He's Lord of your life. That means there's choices that you're going to have to make based on the fact of leaning on Him and not on your own understanding. It's, it's an act of faith. We, we don't have to pray about that. We don't have to pray about the desire for others around us in our community to come to know Him. That's the Great Commission, going to all the world, preaching the good news. We, we believe for that as believers. We don't have to pray about that. We believe that walking in faith means that we, as we use at the church, to be fat. To be faithful, available, and teachable. Somebody went, what? What did he learn on that trip, Mildred? To be faithful, to show up available and teachable is something that we don't do and you don't see it coming naturally to us. So to be able to trust God for that and to say, God, I'm believing by faith something that is bigger than me is going to exhibit in my life. Another thing is the fruit of the Spirit. We don't have to pray that God wants His will to be done in our life. To walk by faith means that we begin to exhibit things. People can see things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Did he say self-control? Yeah, he said self-control. Said again, self-control. That we have to believe God for something bigger than we are and say, God, I believe that as I'm walking out this journey, that I believe by faith that I can have those things exhibited in my life. Everybody with me? Say amen. Those are things like walking in love with the influence of the people that are around us. We don't have to say, God, I'm believing for you to speak to me on those things. He's already told us to. 
Everybody clear on that? That we're walking by faith says that God, I believe and I'm believing that I can exhibit. I'm praying by faith, but God, here's what I'm praying is that you can see and I can see and people can see the manifestation of what I'm believing for. They can touch that I'm loving those people that are around me. That I don't always have a stinky attitude, huh? Or that I'm, I, I'm, I'm showing that I'm loving people who don't even have to pray about it. But this morning, on the journey that I'm talking about, other than those things that we don't have to pray about, the thing that we have to say, God, I know there is a personal thing that you have given me, the purpose of my life that I need you and I'm believing for. I, I believe that it's not always a lifetime thing. You can be believing for something that you can see manifest this, this month, this year. As Brooke already said in the first sermon, that, uh, that we, we were seeing something that we were believing for in the coffee shop, in the retail space. We prayed and prayed. Do you, anybody remember on Sunday night calling that as done? And there's nothing there, nothing there, month after month. Nothing there, nothing there, nothing there, nothing there. But we're faithful and believing and watching how God put that right there in front of us. What is it that you're believing for? Now again, it's something bigger than yourself. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 11, because we're just going to get into the wisdom of God. And just like Solomon said, if wisdom costs you, son, everything you got, get wisdom. So, let's go to wisdom. Hebrews chapter 11. I miss the Bible pages turning. Turn in your iPhones. It says this, now faith is, listen, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. In what? What we what? Hope for. See, it's not there yet. We're just hoping for it. Don't, don't miss that. Faith is confidence. See, some people in the world would call that crazy. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. What is this? It's the faith that they had. This is what they're in the whole book of, or the whole chapter of Hebrews, chapter 11. These people that are going to be mentioned, this is what they were commended for. They walked by faith and not by sight, they walked with just the hope that it was there. It says, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what was, is seen was not made out of what was visible. See, God's word, faith, with His word, He spoke it into existence. His word, with faith, boom, there it is. Really, when you think about it, God is our top example of a, of a person acting in faith before it actually happened and manifest. He even had faith in sending His only Son to die on the cross that by faith you would believe that He was the Son of God. 
before you did it. I don't think anybody takes that big a step of faith than what he did for us. But, but listen, it says, by faith, and then he, the Bible uses Abel and Enoch as an example. But I want you to go down to the next one, and it says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone comes to Him must believe that He exists. That, that's common sense, isn't it? you got to first have faith that He even exists. To please him. And then it goes on to say, listen to this. And that he rewards, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, stick with me, because if you've heard this passage before, read it, you have a tendency to shut off and shut on, shut off and shut, keep it on. He rewards those that earnestly seek him. I believe that when we walk by faith, he is a rewarder of those that are seeking him by faith. Now, you'd say, well, what is the reward? Because we're about, you know, it's all about this guy, right? So what is the reward? Tell me the reward. It is having, first of all, the confidence that he is faithful again. There's something about when we see what we're believing for happen, God, you are good. That he is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. It increases our faith, what we're believing for. And the second thing is actually what we've been believing for comes into the physical realm and is manifest, a big spiritual word there. Manifest means it goes from unseen to seen. That is the reward of those who earnestly seek him. I get pretty fired up when I say, God, are you kidding me? Your promises are yes and amen, which means yes and so be it. So, ooh, don't let me find it in the Word of God, because if it's in the Word of God, it's mine. Look what it says. It goes on then to say, by faith Noah. Everybody immediately knows Noah in the ark, right? Two by two and all the good stuff. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, and holy fear built an ark to save his family. What was going to be his reward? To save his family. That's what he was believing for. That he built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is keep, keeping with faith. Now, the next example is who I just want to spend a little time on, and that is Abraham. It says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Now, again, what we live in, the soup, the culture that we live in, is a culture of unbelievers. They would call Abraham a lunatic. Are you kidding me? You're believing God for something and you're going to go to a city you don't even see? He didn't even know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. I know how that feels, being in a foreign country. Do you know where the bathroom is? No English. It goes on to say, he lived in tents, as did his sons, which were Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Now watch this. For he was looking. Now again, he can't see nothing, except by faith. 
For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. How many knows, just in reading that, he was on a journey. But faith is more than just wishing it's showing up. So here he is, and he's staying in a tent when he's coming from a house in the Ur of Chaldees. He is out here, and God says, I want you to go to the city. You don't know, but you're going to trust me, and you're going to believe by faith. Now, this is pretty amazing when you think about he becomes the father of faith, the Bible says. Because he acts on what God has asked him to do and believe for in his life. Faith is what you don't see. Can you just, can we all be on the same page? You'll confess that in a few seconds, but you have to open up and actually understand what you're saying. So everybody ready? I want you to repeat with me. Faith is what we don't see. Ready? Faith is what we don't see. Now remember this, because tomorrow you're going to go, well, I just don't see it, so I don't know if I can believe it. You're not going to be operating in faith. And everything about you is going to say, if you don't see it, then it's not real. Because the number one, what I found in John Miller's life, the number one technique that the enemy uses against me is fear, doubt, and unbelief, and it all centers around the unseen. Let me put it in the message, just a few of those verses so that it kind of hits you maybe from a different perspective of an angle in, that you're looking at. Look at this. The same in the message says, the fundamental fact of existence is this trust in God. This faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Now I'm speaking to some people here this morning that you go, you know what, I'm just bored. I'm just tired of doing what I've always done. I just feel like I'm not seeing anything. I'm not doing anything that's different. The question is, what do you believe in God for in faith? It goes on to say, faith, it's our handle on what we can't see. Pastor, I can't see. Are you, do you got a handle on it? Faith? The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and set them above the crowd. It's what you are going to be known for as a believer. Abraham did it by keeping his eye on the unseen city with real eternal foundations, the city designed and built by God. Now, now this morning, I, I want to kind of give a, a parallel illustration. And since I couldn't take all of you on the trip, this is the best I could do. On any kind of journey, there's what's called excursions. On the Miller's trip, it was more than a vacation or just a pause in my life. I see it as part of my life. But what made it fabulous, instead of just something we did, what made it remarkable, fabulous, awesome, big words is that we believed in an experience that we would experience a manifestation of what we were believing for with a trip to Europe. Now let me, let me just kind of explain it this way. Let me use some common sense things to say what I just said to explain it. 
we didn't want to take a trip. We wanted a great experience. Just to fly over there and sit in the airport in France and go, this was a great trip. Okay, let's go back. Well, be honest, common sense, we we didn't go for that. That's not what we wanted. We didn't want to take this journey for a journey of rest. This wasn't a journey of rest. There's times in my life where I take periods that I rest. But this was not a journey of rest. And sometimes we have to distinguish between what is a journey of rest or every time that we get out of the normal, we're just wanting to rest. Because we've been so tired with all these non-priority things. I, I passed level 12 on Tiger Woods golf on the internet. But I stayed up till 3 in the morning. No wonder you're tired. But this was not a journey of rest. This was not something that we flew to Europe to, to sit on the grounds of the hotel and look at the grass in the sky and say, we saw the grass in Europe. It was wonderful. Common sense, right? Everybody with me on this? We went with a purpose, and the purpose that we went with was that we wanted to experience Europe. But let me be more specific. I wanted, and Gwen wanted, to experience history. We wanted to stand on history. This has nothing to do with the Bible, but just John Miller to make a parallel. Okay, everybody with me? Everybody's, oh, experience history. John 14, you know. No. I wanted to experience history. I wanted to, to step out of the plane and, and begin to put myself in a place that, that I, I, would, I would stroll down the downtown of Paris and eat a croissant in a street cafe. I wanted to drink coffee on the Seine River. I, I wanted to, to visit the palace at Versailles. Huh? I wanted to stroll through those wonderful gardens and see what man could do. And man, God, you how how could you bless somebody like that? I mean, they had I'm going through the palace and there's statues that, you know, those statues out of marble and they've they've got wrinkles in their clothes that they carved it. And you're going, how did they do that? And I'm going down this this corridor in the palace of Versailles, and they've got paintings on the ceiling that are just vivid colors, and you're going, wow, marble floors. And then I stopped, and even on the walls are like carved rope that somebody, what you do all your life? I carved rope on the wall of the east wing. of the. I, I wanted to go in the Louvre and, and, and watch the... Just to see the wonderful Michelangelo, you know, all the things that he did in Leonardo da Vinci. And then what, what I wanted to do is when we got on the cruise ship and we went to, to Florence, I wanted to buy some leather. Generations had done leather. I, I bought some leather. And, and I wanted to go to Rome and, and see the Colosseum. You know, yeah, there's something about, man, is, man yeah, I can go to the internet and look at the No, no. No, it's not like standing right there. Let me tell you, I've got enough self selfie pictures, you know, to, to sink a battleship. Let me tell you. I'm in the Coliseum. Gwen, hit it. Hit me. 
And Gwen, Gwen, Gwen can't take one. She's like the rapid. Bah, 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 bah. I got 20 pictures of me doing this. <laughs> but I got them. I, and I, I wanted to go to St. Peter's. And I saw where he's buried. And, and, and I, I saw all the great things of the Vatican and the Sistine Chapel in Rome. And, and I, wanted, I wanted to go to Naples. I wanted to go to Croatia. I wanted to go to Greece. I wanted to go to Sicily. And you know what? I did them. But it's because of what is called an excursion. The, the, the cruise ship cruises around. And if you've ever been on a cruise, you know you get to choose if you get off the ship or not. At night, we'd get back on and eat dinner, and we would sit beside people, and they go, yeah, we were tired, and we didn't, we didn't get off. Now, I don't know these people. I might not ever see them again. So I didn't add wisdom to them by going, are you kidding me? I just went, oh, okay, all right. The cost of of planning the excursion. But there was more. You had to show up. You had to get off of the ship. You had to get on the bus. And sometimes all the way to where you were going, the excursion started an hour and a half later on the bus. No bathroom. A bunch of gripey people. I got to stop. We're not stopping. I got to stop. We're not stopping. That's what the guide would say. They said it so many times, I had to go to the restroom. <laughs> All the things that go on in a trip, and some people then say, I, I'm just not going. I'm just not going to do it. I, I'm not going to get off. I'm not going to take the excursion. In our life, what we are believing for so many times as a parallel in our journey of life, I, I want you to hear this. It is so predictable from the cradle to the nursing home. The difference is the journey that you choose. And what I'm telling you is in the journey, it's going to be up to you if you show up. If you take the excursion that God says, Come on over here. Experience something by faith that you would never see if you didn't believe in me. Do you know that there's so many times that it's in exercising our faith that God shows up? Do you, do you realize that many times when Jesus was walking and there was a need that presented itself, that it said that Jesus saw their faith? And if you remember the story of the man that was paralyzed and four of his friends, man, they were saying, get that side, get that side. And they lowered him down through the ceiling in the middle of his sermon. Because if you remember the story, if you look at Mark chapter 2, man, it's right at the first of the Bible of that gospel. It says that they... Uh, that he, Jesus, is coming home to Capernaum and the people are so interested that they crowd in he goes inside and nobody can get in so they dig a hole in the roof and lower this guy down and it says because jesus saw their faith he said get up healed boom 
because his friends by faith exercised their faith, he was healed. Now, I want you to see this. It's more than just hearing that we have faith. It's more than even just saying that you believe. It is the faith that is demonstrated by showing up. Do you realize 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says this? Listen, the eyes of the Lord run, uh, run throughout the earth to show himself strong to those who are committed to him. He's looking for people that are walking by faith and saying, I'll show up to strengthen you. If you think about it, the people in the Bible, David versus Goliath, David's going along, as we know, he's just delivering some food for his brothers at the army. But he, God says, hey, you want to go on an excursion? There's a big guy down there. If you have faith, I'll give him to you. David steps up and says, you bet I'll walk by faith. Well, when you think about stories like Esther, she's believing after being encouraged and seeing the full picture, she begins to believe that she's here for such a time as this. And in that story, God says, you want to take an excursion? It's going to be exciting. you got to go into the king. And it might be your last time to go into the king. But she walks by faith and goes on an excursion out of her routine of life and sees really a miracle, life-changing event happen. You can take the story of Peter walking on the water. You can take the story of Nehemiah that says, you know what, I'm going to believe God that he has put me here to help rebuild the wall around Jerusalem and everybody, all the obstacles. He probably had to pay $100 for his suitcase too on the way to you know Jerusalem. I don't know. All the obstacles that he encountered on the journey, on the excursion, away from his daily routine of living in the palace, being the butler for the king, but he takes an excursion away from what he usually does and sees a life-changing event take place. It's the experience that some are missing. That's why life is absent of faith and absent of excitement and passion for the creator of the universe. There's people that will not take an excursion. That won't say, I'm going to believe for God and I'm going to show up to see the experience. What I'm believing for actually manifest into the physical realm and change the world. Even if it's my world. I think I... can take the assumption that God loves when we exercise our faith. You know what I'm talking about. When you're saying things that you might think not that big, and I don't even remember that Jesus was so involved in people's life that he even turned water into wine at a wedding. That's such a little thing. He was interested in a reputation of refreshments at a wedding. So don't think of things small that you begin to believe God for. When I think about people that are believing that 
they could help people and they help somebody when really they need help more than the person they're helping? God sees that. When you're believing that you're going to walk by walk in love instead of just setting people straight all the time and you hold your tongue and don't say that, I think God says, oh, I love that. Exercising faith. When you say, God, I, I'm believing to lose a little weight and you walk right by the cookie jar, I'm going to do that. See, there's a lot of people in here saying, I'll never face a giant. I couldn't do that. Could you, could you believe God for something? Take the excursion. The, the story of the men that lower the paralyzed man through the roof and he gets healed. Remember, it's in Capernaum. It's in the home area of Jesus. But if you take a, another story, it says... And really, you've heard it as a prophet without honor in his own country. Because later in Matthew, it'll talk about that Jesus is teaching all these things and, and the people of his hometown are amazed at his teaching. But then as you read, you go, what? It says that the people of his country, or his, his town, his hometown, begin to talk among themselves. Isn't? Isn't this Jesus? Don't we know his family? Come on, man. Don't we know his brother and his sisters and his mother? Come on. But it even goes further to say that they took offense in him. They even became mad at him. And then it says, Jesus couldn't do miracles because of their lack of faith. They have the ingredient of faith, the amazement, the hope. Maybe he's teaching things like, you can do what I do and even greater things. Or maybe he says, anything that you ask in my name, I'll do it. And they're going, what? No, you're, you're Jesus. We know you. A lot of times we will not take in this excursion out of our journey because of our own experience with familiarity with what we've already seen in our life Jesus don't work like that anymore let me tell you one of the the biggest examples that I've saw on our trip in Europe is all these beautiful churches and there's no life in the church you've heard that before in the the thing that I wonder is the familiarity of just coming to church, coming to church, coming to church, but being absent of walking in faith for something that God has asked and, and you're believing for in your life. Just like in those people, well, we just go to church. We don't really believe in doing the miracles. That We don't believe that God's going to do anything in us. Familiar. Pastor, I grew up in the church and really I haven't seen God do anything as a miracle. That's why Brooke read what she did. And, and you know what I found out is, is a lot of times when it, when it happens in my life, it's a miracle because there's no way that's going to happen. But you hear my miracle and you go, well, that's really not a miracle. Come on now. 
You know what I'm talking about. I was going to get a divorce, but God changed my life. You go, that's a miracle. Oh boy, let me tell you. The doctor said that I wasn't going to make it, but I'm here today. Hallelujah. Well, you know, there, there's some people that go, well, you know, let's just wait and see. They don't even have enough faith. And, okay. Romans 8, verse 24, again says, For in this hope we were saved. Watch this. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. That's what broke even rich. He didn't even know it's going to do. Are you hoping for something today? Faith is being sure of what we hope for. I want you to begin, let me tell you, as a pastor, I'm, I'm praying that everybody in our church begins to believe and have hope for something bigger than you are. And, and I'll guarantee you this. Let me, let me just challenge you as I wrap this up this morning. First of all, I challenge you to listen to what God is saying. Because there's no question, he's talking. Can you hear his voice? And if the answer is no, here's what I want to encourage you. Even in the Bible, when God says, or when the man with the demon-possessed son comes to him and says, hey, can you, if, if you can, heal my son. And he says, if I can. And then the man, watch this, says, can you help me with my unbelief? Jesus like, yeah. Maybe you're there today. God can help you with that. Again, believe God for the gift He's asking you to have faith for. Every day, sign up for an excursion while you're on your life's journey. It'll get you out of bed in the morning and say, God, what I'm believing for, again, I'm right here. I'm reading it. This is what I wrote down. This is what I'm believing you for. And again, I'll tell you this. When that happens, you'll begin to see life again with vivid color. The excitement and the passion of life will return to you. People say that are on drugs, you know, that that things taste better and, you know, smells are so much sweeter. And, you know, let me tell you, there is no life better than walking by faith and seeing God come into your life and change something that was not. Oh, my goodness. You don't believe me? I dare you. Test God. And see what he'll do in your life. I want to ask our worship team to come back up. And we're going to sing that song, He is Faithful, again. And as you sing this today, it's going to be up to you if it's something that just comes out of your mouth or it comes out of your heart. God, you're faithful and I believe everything that you said over me. I I don't care what's happened in my past. Today is a new day.
And I'm walking by faith and not by sight. This morning, would you stand with me? Father, today, I speak life into the people of this church. The tricks that Satan has played on them to become almost sleepy in their faith. Today is a new day. It's a day of waking up. It's a day of believing again to rekindle the coals to being a blazing fire within us. God, there's nothing too hard for you. And Father, I just pray as we begin to sing this song that you would just fill their heart again with faith. Father, that nothing is too hard for you. In your name we pray. Amen.